Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mello. Welcome back to the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora, and of course, I'm joined here with my co-host, Max Mallow, and we've got a really fun, really silly review for you yet again. It's really fun for us to do, and I hope you have fun listening. Yeah, another movie review. Um, We'll commit to doing something different next week, um, as we've been reviewing (laughs) a lot of movies, but this one is one we had to review as soon as we saw a trailer came out for it. It is the 2021 action comedy horror film extravaganza starring one Nicolas Cage in Willy's Wonderland, uh, a movie that got some hype and some backlash at the same time when it was announced uh, because of its obvious ties to the Five Nights at Freddy's universe, um, where, you know, the game became extremely popular on websites like YouTube and Twitch for its horror elements and its uh, evil animatronics. And of course, there's a Five Nights at Freddy's movie in the works. Mm-hmm. And there's a new game coming out that was just announced, Security Breach. But this is your classic Hollywood B-movie. Let's rip something off and let's make it our own thing. In our you know, own thing I use with quotations around it. <laughs> and of course, let's attach everyone's favorite actor of all time, Nicolas Cage, to it. And spoiler, I'm going to talk a lot about Nicolas Cage because I absolutely love him. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler for the episode, we're talking <laughs> Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, yeah, we could talk about Nicolas Cage for hours, I'm sure. Just a just an iconic actor. But yeah, it's funny because, you know, while people might think this is a complete ripoff of Five Nights at Freddy's, I'm sure that movie will be very different from this because like you said, this is kind of more of a silly, it's, it, I feel like it's like knows what it's doing when you have like a B movie with Nicolas Cage attached, like it's going to be that genre. Like he has his own genre of just like ridiculous, like not realistic, but it's so entertaining. He kicks ass like a million movies like this and they're all worth watching in my opinion. Like this is just a classic classic example of all the great things Nicolas Cage does on TV. Yeah. And, you know, just because, like you said, it's a B movie, you know, Nicolas Cage's performance in it is actually pretty good. Obviously, you know, he's a Academy Award nominated actor. He's an Academy Award winner. Is that winner? Yeah. yeah he's a um, winner. How could I forget that about <laughs> my favorite actor of all time, Nicolas Cage. <laughs> um, and, you know, there are, parts of this movie that are really good you know it's but then you realize again you know it is a bit of a b-movie ripoff and the plot doesn't stand up among the greats of all time of course um (laughs) but there are moments in it that are really good uh it's funny you know you can have a good laugh at it and yeah it's you know just another example of nicholas rage in the cage being able to portray any 
character in any movie. And if he needs to play, I want to see Nicolas Cage play everybody in a single movie. And <laughs> I'll watch that. <laughs> totally. So before we uh, get into our weekly roundup of horror news and get into our review, we have to shout out Manscaped. So support for the One Good Scare podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. The the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming grooming experience. I can't talk today. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Yeah, and one of those 2 million men, as you guys know, is me. (laughs) I received their perfect package 3.0 kit, including the Lawnmower 3.0, and it's the best thing I've ever used when it comes to maintaining what's going on downstairs without any more information that you guys need to know. Um, it also came with a, a bunch of other things like uh, their crop preserver, their crop um, toner, and it's just an awesome product. Uh, if you you know, want to take that extra bit of care for what's going on downstairs or for women out there who want to you know, get their gift for a significant other or something. Uh, wouldn't recommend it for your dad. That would be a weird gift to explain. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's also a pair of boxers in it. So the worst case scenario, if they don't like the gift, a free pair of underwear. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. So if anyone listening wants to check out Manscaped, you can actually get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. You just have to use the code FANSIDED20. Yeah, so let's get into our weekly horror news roundup where Natalie scours the internet for everything you guys need to know about what's going on in the world of horror. And before we get into that, quick shout out to some horror alums who collected some awards at the Golden Globes this past weekend. Daniel Kaluuya, Golden Globe winner. Anya Taylor-Joy, Golden Globe winner. Obviously, yes. Daniel was in Get Out, the amazing Jordan Peele film, and Anya Taylor-Joy was in The Witch, which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, Uh, Robert Eggers, who did The Lighthouse. And yeah, congratulations to them. Obviously, Anya Taylor-Joy took home the Golden Globe for her performance in The Queen's Gambit, and you know, there won't be, she won't be able to carry that on into the Oscars, because the Oscars doesn't cover TV, that's saved for, for the Emmys, but You know, there's a long track record of those actors who win Golden Globes uh, for supporting or starring um, role to win the Oscar. So potentially Daniel Kaluuya getting his first uh, Oscar this year. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, His performance in Judas and the Black Messiah, amazing. He is such a great actor. Um, And I'm sure at some point, maybe in the near future, Anya Taylor-Joy will be an Oscar winner. She is fantastic. And she has so many movies lined up that sound great and doesn't sound like she's slowing down anytime soon. So she's got it in the bag. Love her. Yeah, it's you know it's not, it's weird to say her star is rising because she's already a huge star yeah. and she's been at this for so long. Um, if you guys mm-hmm. want to watch a bad movie that has her in it and she's great in it, um, though her character does have some like weird elements to it um, because that movie had been chopped and changed so many times. Uh, is the New Mutants, which is you know supposed to be the horror superhero movie? Um, yeah. But, I didn't watch it, but I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, she's she's really good in it. Um, there are parts of the movie that, like, if they hadn't just absolutely butchered that thing through just rewrites and reshoots and everything like that, 
It probably would have been a good movie, but um, yeah. So can't wait to it see. It has what a good else. cast. Yeah, the cast is good. Um, the acting isn't terrible. Uh, Jonathan uh, Jonathan Myers from uh, <laughs> yeah from Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> What's Macy it? Williams, yeah, Charlie, uh, Charlie Heaton, yeah, Charlie Held, uh, Charlie Heaton. I call him Jonathan Myers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's good to see some horror alums uh, taking home some awards. But getting into the horror news roundup, uh, there's a new Netflix thriller coming called Hypnotic, and Kate Siegel, who everyone should know from movies like Hush and TV shows like The Haunting of Hill House, uh, is going to star in this movie. Yeah, I'm excited. And it's interesting because, you know, she's always attached to Mike Flanagan projects because they are married. They've collabed so many times. But this is not a Mike Flanagan project. It is for Netflix, though. Um, So, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a thriller. This variety article lists the mini summary here of um, a young woman seeking self-improvement who enlists the help of a renowned hypnotist. But after a handful of intense sessions, she soon discovers unexpected and deadly consequences. Hypnotism is interesting. It could definitely go wrong really fast and has like a lot of supernatural consequences. So seems interesting. Yeah. Uh, I also love Kate Siegel. I think she's great. She, yeah. was, my, she was my favorite part of uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Um, and she was also obviously in The Haunting of Bly Manor, um, mm-hmm. playing the lady in the lake for one flashback episode where she woke she walked she fell back asleep and she did that over and over again um so um i'm down with the plot um the uh the the story sounds interesting she's great she can more than you know what's asked of people carry a film and i'm really yeah. excited to see uh what's being cooked up at netflix because Netflix needs some wins, especially in the in the horror category. I agree. There's always so many new Netflix announcements, like every day, with huge stars uh, attached. But they need to really work on their horror uh, database here. And I think that there are a few really exciting um, upcoming shows and movies in the horror sphere for Netflix. So just excited for that. For sure. Um, and now moving on, we have a headline that made our group chat, which our group chat only comprises of three people, but three's company, as you guys know. Um, there's a new Silent Night Deadly Night movie in the works, and obviously, I put Natalie on to Silent Night Deadly Night. Yeah. Um, and the fact that there's a reboot, remake, whatever you want to call it coming out, it has to come out around Christmas time. I am so excited for this movie. Yeah, it's so funny. It looks like the original producers are going to be on board for this one. They're calling it a reboot, but like like we always say, there's too many names for for every all of these reboot cycles, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it looks like there's no like summary out yet or anything. But I'm wondering if it's going to be different than the original. Or more of a remake. I don't know. I'm going to be watching it either way. Yeah, same. I hope that one of my favorite bands, Ice Nine Kills, who has a song about Silent Night, Deadly Night, gets their song into the movie somehow, some way. Um, because that'd be a missed opportunity if not. It would. Like one of my favorite bands. I'll have to do an episode on just talking about that album as a whole, and you can just listen to me talk. 
because I can say <laughs> so much about that band. Um, but you know, this is a franchise that got a lot of controversy when it first came out because it obviously depicted <laughs> Santa as a madman. Um, but as it went on, it got weirder and weirder and weirder and got away from the plot of a killer Santa Claus. And the 2012 version wasn't as popular, wasn't received as well. Um, so a like straight reboot remake again, whatever you want to call it with the original <laughs> producers has me really excited. So I'm hoping that there's just callbacks to other entries, of course, like we're going to need It's Garbage Day somewhere in this movie, um, because that's the best movie quote of all time. <laughs> Can't argue with you there. Um, so yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, there's not much else known about it, of course. Um, yeah. A release window hasn't really been confirmed. So we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date whenever it comes to news revolving around that. But the final piece of news is that there's a new Spike Lee-produced movie coming to Netflix, uh, and Jonathan Majors is in talks to star in it, and it's called Gordon Hemingway and the Realm of Cthulhu. Now, title alone, it's got me interested. <laughs> yeah, so I, I this sparked my interest initially just because, you know, Jonathan Majors is a star of Lovecraft Country. H.P. Lovecraft created Cthulhu, the... Um, creature so immediately i was like oh he's doing more lovecraft like what's going on here um so it looks like yeah he's in talks to star in it the director it's from stefan bristol who made the movie see yesterday for netflix so um pros at netflix both him and spike lee um so this looks interesting it looks like the story isn't based on anything by lovecraft but of course cthulhu is a creature created by him so Seems interesting. Um, I would like to hear more about it. Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, Defy Bloods uh, producing partners with Spike Lee, who are uh, Lloyd and Beatrice Levin, are also going to produce this movie with him. People really liked uh, Defy Bloods. Obviously, Spike Lee is one of the most famous filmmakers of all time. Um, and then according to the article from Variety, uh, it's based on an original screenplay by Hank Woon, and there have been rewrites by... Uh, uh, Frederica Bailey and the film is set in East Africa in 1928 and it centers around Hemingway uh, what is described here in the article as a roguish black American gunslinger who teams up with the elite warrior Princess Zanabi of Ethiopia to rescue the country's kidnapped regent from an ancient evil now again I'm down <laughs> like that description yeah. and that like title for a movie I'm down just just release it We'll watch it. We'll review it. Let's go. Agreed. Yeah. A roguish black American gunslinger. Like, I'm down. That sounds awesome. And if it's Jonathan Majors, like, he is is amazing. He should have been nominated for Lovecraft Country. Really, really great actor. So I hope it, it's confirmed that he's starring this. Yeah. Obviously, for those who don't know, this podcast spawned from a Lovecraft Country podcast, which Natalie was on, uh, reviewing the, the show. The show had a ton of acclaim around it. Um, and Jonathan Majors, from that show, is now quickly just mm -hmm. building and building and building roles, uh, most notably for Marvel fans out there. He's going to play Kang the Conqueror in the upcoming Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania movie, um, which as a Marvel nerd, I'm super excited about. Watch WandaVision. It's great. Um, it is. And yeah, I mean, 
this is uh i feel like in a couple of years we'll be talking about jonathan majors as one of, as being one of the the main uh actors in the space who's just dominating roles agreed and i'm all for it he's amazing for sure um so yeah that's your weekly horror news roundup let us know in the comments and of course the reviews what you thought of all the headlines what you're most excited for what doesn't sound exciting and if it's your answer to that is silent night deadly night then don't even bother saying anything to us because (laughs) that'll be rude um (laughs) but now it's time for our review of willie's wonderland um and i am super excited to talk about this movie when natalie approached me this week it was like what do you want to do for the podcast i was like i don't know what do you want to do like do you want to review willie's wonderland i was like yeah, I ex- yes, 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 I do. <laughs> yeah, I had to ask you ahead of time because as some of you listeners know, this is available on demand. That means it's nineteen ninety nine. So I had to be sure that, you know, this is the right decision to rent a $20 movie. Um, and I think it was. We can give our, you know, final overall review at the end. But um, yeah, I think it was awesome. So did you have any expectations for this movie? Like, what did you think you were getting into? Well, like we said, I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan, right? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up on his movies when it comes to like Con Air, Gone 60 Seconds, just anything that would appear on cable television and, you know, had all the curse words (laughs) changed in post-production for cable TV. Um, But... As everybody knows, there's a, there was a point in Nicolas Cage's career where like he stopped being in high production Hollywood movies and just started being in all of these movies that were like, what is going on? Yeah, because he was bankrupt, so he had to just like take on every project just to make a quick buck, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, um, it's it's obviously a shame that he went bankrupt. Um, you know, right. The but the. Of all the bad movies he's made, there are some hidden gems in there where, like, you go and you watch them and you're like, yeah, you can understand why this man is an Academy Award winning actor. Um, <laughs> and he's also just one of the most, um, I feel like maybe polarizing is a good word for people in our generation. Um, yeah. Who didn't grow up on things like The Rock uh, with Sean Connery, not the wrestler, <laughs> the movie. Um <laughs> And, you know, have seen his most recent works and are like, what is going on? Um, but mm-hmm. when I saw that he was attached to this movie, I was all in from the get-go. Because, one, he's a horror alum. He's been in multiple horror movies before this. Um, most notably and recently, uh, Mandy, which mm-hmm. is a... I've never done LSD or PCP or any hallucinogenic <laughs> drug before in my entire life, but that's what I assume. That's what you would imagine. That's what I assume it would be if I was ever to partake in those substances, which I don't and I won't ever, but I could just watch Mandy and imagine. Um, and of course, in the awful, amazing Wicker Man remake uh, that came out in the mid I love that one. Not the base! Not the base! <laughs> I shamelessly love that movie. Such a guilty pleasure. But um, yeah, I think I had the same take as you. I was like, I don't even care what this is about. It's a horror movie with Nicolas Cage starring in it. Like, it's going to be at the very least entertaining. I wasn't expecting it to really fully lean into just being so downright silly. Like, even the parts that are supposed to be, like, scary or, like, violent are just so ridiculous that 
I was, I think like my cheeks hurt just because I was smiling the entire time. I was either laughing or just had like a dumb smile on my face the entire movie. Um, short runtime, 88 minutes. If anyone was wondering and, you know, wasn't sure if they wanted to sit through a really long, bad movie, um, this is a quick one. So, yeah, I had, I had like medium expectations. I think I kind of got what I was looking for. Yeah. Like, you know, you said some expectations when it comes to plot, character mm-hmm. development, et cetera. But, you know, when it comes to having a good time, having a laugh, you can't go wrong with this with this movie uh, in the horror genre. Um, a little bit about the movie before we get into our review. Uh, obviously, it came out this year. Nicolas Cage plays the lead role of an unnamed janitor, and he's simply credited as The Janitor, with a capital J. Um, and it was directed by Kevin Lewis, who had directed some movies that neither of us ever heard before, um, including The Drop, Malibu Spring Break, and The Method. <laughs> Um, so for anyone out there who has seen those movies and liked the movies, apologies. We just haven't seen them. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, also Beth Grant, that actress is in this that I didn't really know going into it. And I saw her and was like, Oh my God. Um, Beth Grant, she's from the Mindy project. She's in the office. She's also in Donnie Darko, my favorite movie. So she's been in, uh, multiple, uh, roles that I've just loved and she's hilarious. So um, another plus for this movie. Yeah. Uh, and then some other names that are attached to it include Emily Tosta, who played, uh, uh, one of the female leads, Liv Hawthorne, um, David Sheftel as the deputy, Evan Olsen. Um, you know, again, it's not lesser known people. Right. Um, but the, that's what you're signing up for, right? I mean, oh yeah, that's what we paid 1999 for. absolutely okay i think we can get into kind of what the plot is and some of our favorite moments but let's take our first quick break and then we'll be right back okay so the movie starts out kind of um from the from the past it's like a flashback of people so right off the bat you kind of know going into this movie all right there's a kind of like a chuck e cheese of called willie's wonderland and there's the animatronic animals um who are possibly dangerous so that's what you know going into this movie and it kind of starts out just proving that because there is um presumably a couple running around the wonderland and one of them is like taken back um and that's that's pretty much it that's like the flashback in the beginning so you know messed up stuff is happening there um and then we get to meet Nicolas Cage and his entire introduction was just like, I literally was howling. It was so funny. First of all, the lighting of this movie is so like, it's like, it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's yellow the entire time. Yeah. It's a very, very yellow looking movie, um, which could be a directing, you know, choice. Yeah. Let, let's make it as yellow as it could possibly look without being an Instagram. It was someone's filter. choice. Yeah. Um, maybe they, they ran out of like white colored light bulbs at the store and they just had to buy yellow. Who knows? Um, but his entrance is like everything you want out of Nicolas Cage being introduced in this movie because it's just, it, you, it just sets the tone for the movie. You, you know yeah. exactly what you're getting. Um, and 
you know, he's, you're wondering if he's going to be like this stoic character who's just like, uh, I'm trying to like wonder who I could compare him to just being like <laughs> quiet, tall, brooding man mm-hmm. who, who just is there to beat the crap out of some animatronics. Um, but, you know, that comparison aside, uh, you know, you meet um, the animatronics in the restaurant. I say meet, like, you don't shake their hands or anything like that. But yeah. <laughs> um, what's interesting is that, especially in the Wikipedia article um, for the, the summary, they're referred to as withered uh, animatronics, which is something specifically from Five Nights at Freddy's. So, oh, really? Yeah, another crossover there. Um, and the names themselves are also kind of similar um, to Five Nights at Freddy's. Not directly, but it's also got that, that Chuck E. Cheese type of vibe with like uh, yeah. uh, alliterated names. Um, so you got Willie Weasel, Artie Alligator, Cammy Chameleon, Ozzy Ostrich, Tito Turtle, Gust Gorilla, Nighty Night, which is, <laughs> I like that one, um, and then Siren Sarah. Now, to compare them to uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, the classic four characters are Freddy Fazbear, uh, Bonnie, Chica, and Foxy. And then you also have the withered versions of them, which is also really funny um, that they chose for a, a withered angle here, at least in the Wikipedia article. Of course, someone could have, you know, just yeah, written that. <laughs> right. Um but of the characters, who was your favorite for the animatronics? Um, I will say Siren Sarah was the scariest. She creeped me out the most, but I gotta love Gus Gorilla because he came in hot saying Gorilla Greetings. And that yeah. made me cry laughing. <laughs> gorilla Greetings. It's me, Gus Gorilla. <laughs> um Siren Sarah actually, yeah, like if you haven't it played, creepy. If for those out there who haven't played Five Nights at Freddy's, um, the game is a lot of uh, jump scares, of course. It's pretty much predicated on that. Um, at least, some would argue it is. Um, but Siren Sarah, I was not expecting to be like as creeped out by the animatronics, because I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before. <laughs> Chucky creeps the shit out of me. So oh, yeah. for animatronics to also creep the shit out of me, like, I was a little on edge, but anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The Siren Sarah one creeped me out the most because she looks like a person. So, like, the way she was walking, I was like, oh, geez, it's a little creepy. Um, So, yeah, so we have the intro of Nick Cage. He's, like, this tough guy in a leather jacket. Um, He, when he's driving, he, like, runs over, like, a thing of spikes. Um, And so he has a pop tire. He doesn't know what to do. And then we find out in the beginning, it seems like he's just trying to be tough, but we find out that he literally just doesn't speak the entire movie. So if you're expecting him to say one thing, don't because he doesn't. I was really hoping he would have like one liner, like just one really tough, like silly thing to say at the end or something. No, it was like batteries, not included. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Something, some cheesy one liner. That you would hear out yeah. of, like, again, like The Rock or uh, or Con Air by put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was a missed opportunity, but it's okay. So, um, and also one other thing to note in his nice intro is just, like, he gets out of the car, then he, like, takes out a can of punch and just, like, chugs it. Like, it's supposed to be the most badass thing in the world. And then we realized throughout the movie that he kind of needs this 
punch to keep him going, um, which I think is also very hilarious. So his story is that, you know, he has to fix his car. He's picked up by a mechanic. um, And it's just always so funny in movies where like the person just isn't talking and the other person just continues as if like he's reading through the silence kind of thing. This is what the mechanic does. Just keeps on talking. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're a quiet person, whatever. Just continues. Doesn't think it's weird at all. Um, So fixes his car. But another thing that was hilarious, fixes his car, but then says, like, in town, he can't use any of their ATMs because they don't work. Like, he could have just driven to another town and gotten the money. But right. no. I'm going to stop you right there. You're poking too many plot holes in this, in this film. Okay? You just got to let it go. All right. All right. So, basically, he needs to pay the mechanic. The only way that he can is by working to pay it off. So, of course, the mechanic says, um, will you work at Willy's Wonderland for the night and then we'll pay for your uh, car to be fixed. So that's already in motion. There's like two parallel stories going on in this movie. There's the janitor's Nick Cage, which is like hilarious because we don't know if he's actually a janitor. It's just this poor guy who has a flat tire. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. He's a janitor. It's fine. So we have his whole story of he needs to pay off the car. And then we also have this girl, a teenager, Max, that you said, Liv, who, for whatever reason, we don't know in the beginning, wants to set Willy Wonderlands on fire. She appears there with, like, the can of gasoline. She's about to blow it up. And then a police officer comes right in the nick of time and is like, nope, come with me. Um <laughs> So we have two stories. One, Nick Cage in Willy's Wonderland trying to clean up the place. And then we have Liv and her friends trying to burn it down. Yeah. And the the Nicolas Cage story, um, I was a little more invested in that as it went on, um, as the two stories are kind of building. But the I would say that her reasoning behind, you know, why we find out she went to Willy's Wonderland uh, mm-hmm. is interesting. I don't think it's yeah. executed in the best way. Um, so, like, I don't fault the movie for its plot. It's a little bit more in, like, the execution, um, which could be a load of things. Budget, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a small time to film the, win- uh, the film the movie, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, as we get into... I even hate calling him the janitor, because he's not <laughs> the janitor. He's the drifter. He's raging, yeah. he's raging the cage. Um, but, you know, he's working at the restaurant... Um, and as he's like, you know, cleaning up and stuff, it's revealed that the animatronics are actually alive. Um, and we'll kind of go through Nicolas Cage's, um, actions and stuff like that to then piece into why live story is important to the plot. Um, Mm -hmm. and the first one who goes after, uh, Rage in the Cage and makes that mistake because you never want to go after Rage in the Cage, uh, is Ozzy Ostrich. Um, and (laughs) the ostrich gets absolutely (laughs) <laughs> it gets the crap beaten out of it um, with a mop, which is like, okay, cool. We're really playing on this whole janitor thing, aren't we? <laughs> Nick Cage mm-hmm. is a janitor. Um, <laughs> and while that's going on, of course, you know, the parallels are that Liv is arriving to uh, burn it down. Um, and the, the whole, should we explain? I guess we should hold off on explaining why she really showed up. Yeah, um, probably. Yeah. So the next, um, the ne- <laughs> <laughs> reveal it to everyone as it was revealed to us. What Gus Gorilla? 
Oh, no. Oh, oh. I thought I meant Liv's, like, intentions. Oh, um, I, 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 I'll handle the Nick Cage bits, okay? Okay. <laughs> you handle the rest. Gorilla greetings. I, I can't, I just laugh too much thinking about it. It's just, it's such a funny movie when you really think about it. Um, okay, so do you want to take us, Gorilla, or am I on the live story? Um, <laughs> let's, oh, man, let's, let's go go through uh, just really quickly on Gus Gorilla, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he makes the mistake of attacking uh, Rage in the Cage, Thank yeah, you. in the in the bathroom. <laughs> and again, we really played on this whole janitor bit um, with the whole Gorilla greetings and everything like that. Um, you're starting to like think, okay, why the hell? Like, what is going on here? Um, Mm -hmm. But they're in a bathroom, and the way Gus Gorilla joins the the body count is he gets his uh, he gets his face stomped in by Nick Cage into a urinal. Oh my gosh! This part, I think, this was the most I like the best kill in my opinion because I you saw it coming, but it was still so shocking. And another funny thing is that these animatronics, like when they get killed, they still somehow have a lot of blood. So the whole scene is just so gory, and it's just hilarious because Nick Cage just comes out of nowhere. He's a man of zero words, and he's you know he's cleaning this place pretty well. Like he's dedicated to the job. But when these animatronics come at him, he's he's not taking any shit. He's going to curb stop you on a urinal. Yeah. And at this point, you're thinking like, okay, what is the deal with Nick Cage? The drifter is just killing these animatronics. Uh, you know, I say killing animatronics. In <laughs> whatever way you want to interpret that. Um, but a face stomp in a movie is so gory and it has to be executed well. Like, I think the most memorable one that I can think of, and it's not even from a horror movie, is from Drive with Ryan Gosling. Oh, yep. When he stomps that guy's head out um, in the elevator. And watching yeah. that, I was like, oh. But when Nick Cage is doing it in Willie's Wonderland, I'm like, do it! <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I was rooting for it all the way. Um, So with Liv's story going on, too. So we know, of course, that she wants to blow up Willy's Wonderland. Um, She gets together with her friends. And basically, all we know is that, like, they're kind of just following her because they think it would be cool to, like, blow up a building or whatever. And she's kind of like, no, we're doing this for the cause, guys. Like, come on. We're doing this for good. So you're kind of like, what? why would it be good to burn up a building? Meanwhile, there's like graffiti on the building saying like kid killers and stuff like that. So you're kind of like putting the pieces together of like, all right, there's like some dark history to this place. Um, And they go to Willie's Wonderland and Liv tries to tell the janitor to get out and he doesn't listen. Yeah, he doesn't. And uh, we start to... I guess we can kind of fast forward because there's a lot of stuff that gets explained really quickly um, mm-hmm. because of the short runtime. And then we have to get to what everyone is here for with the horror movie, which is killing off people. Um, <laughs> so it's revealed that uh, Liv wants to burn down Willy's Wonderland because these animatronics uh, are haunted 
because it was or possessed, I guess. I guess possessed. Yeah, possessed, yeah. Um was owned by this man named Jerry Robert Willis. And he was this big time serial killer. Um so at this point Natalie is really focused on the movie because she loves <laughs> movies about serial killers. Um and his uh his uh his pals they well they were cannibals. Uh because let's just throw more things into this movie. <laughs> Why not? Um, and, you know, they would do serial killer stuff, murder people for pleasure, yada, yada, yada. Uh, and when they were discovered by the police, and they were going to be, you know, taken, everything like that, you get a very child's play-like thing right here in the middle of the movie, because they transfer their souls into the animatronics. And that is straight up right out of child's play. <laughs> yep yep literally it's like a a serial killer just needs to you know keep living um so let's just put you in a in a doll basically um yeah so that's why the animatronics are trying to kill people it's because they are inhabited by these serial killer souls which like when you think about it it's a pretty good concept even though it is like chucky but like in this sense i don't know i liked it yeah i wasn't like oh that's really stupid like, I understand mm-hmm. and like, okay, now you can, I guess, kind of explain in some kind of pseudo way that the animatronics have a ton of gore, I guess, for whatever yeah. reason. Like, it would be I a was... lot. Good, good. No, I was going to say, I was surprised they even gave an explainer. I thought it was just going to be like, oh, these things are, like, they just kill people. That's just how they are. So I was I was pleasantly surprised that they kind of, like, you know, really did give some type of backstory. Yeah, they could have gone like with the new child's play route, which, which could have been yeah. just like, oh, he's an AI system that just gone wrong because it learned too much about American culture <laughs> or something. Like, I know I I totally acknowledge it's a rip off a of child's play, but you know, for the movie, it works. Um, yeah, you know, in some sense, you have to kind of just suspend your disbelief for whatever reason, because when you stomp out Gus Gorilla in a in a bathroom stall for whatever reason, instead of just nuts and bolts coming out, it's a ton <laughs> of blood and gore. <laughs> yep. So then we also find out that why, you know, why was the janitor called, like asked to clean up this place, right? Like if it's closed now, like why wouldn't you even be cleaning it? Especially when there's killer animatronics in here. So basically they also explain that um, when the, Willy's Wonderland was rebought. Um, they opened it up, everything was fine, but then the animatronics started killing people. Had to shut it down. But basically, then the animatronics would leave Willy's Wonderland and kill people in like the surrounding area. So the law enforcement and the guy who bought Willy's Wonderland were like, "All right, we need to figure something out. What if we sacrifice a drifter every X amount of time?" So that I'm just, I can't even say with a straight face. So that so that the animatronics can eat and won't have to eat the people of their town. Fine by me. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, movie, do it. I don't care. Um, and yeah, a lot of exposition, a lot of plot that you just you really got to turn your brain off. And because mm-hmm. if your brain is too on at that point. You're going to, okay, well, you know, I'm checked out, movie. You've completely lost me. Um, but we get to the point now where it's time for people to die. Because, again, um, it's just, this and Mandy 
like Nicholas. <laughs> so much gore. So much gore. Um, and, you know, kudos to you, Nick Cage. <laughs> um, so, you know, after the reveals and everything like that, uh, a bunch of the animatronics come to life. And, uh, you know, if uh, Liv's friends, I guess, in some kind of way are thinking, why did I do yeah. Why did I come here? What was the cause? Was it all worth it? Um, it's like that, th- like that scene in Avengers. <laughs> it's like, what did it cost? <laughs> Every- <laughs> everything. Um, you get some funny deaths. Like you get Nighty Knight with his sword who kills a, a guy named Aaron. Um, Artie the alligator <laughs> mauls somebody to death. Um, Bob and Kathy, uh, which is just, just good fun, I guess. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it's yeah, it's funny too because they really work on like the typical like horror movie tropes. Like, of course, there's like a girl that's dating someone, so they're gonna go have sex, and then of course they're gonna die. That's just what you know is gonna happen, and it's still equally as entertaining as the first time you saw it. Yeah, you can never have sex. That's rule one. <laughs> yeah. Of uh, of horror <laughs> of movies. Horror. <laughs> Uh, what's his name? Uh, Randy. Um, scream. Anyway, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Horror <laughs> reference. Boom. Um, but yeah, you know, there's more, um, a little bit more reveals and stuff like that about the sacrifices and stuff like that. Some more kills. Um, and at this point in the movie, like after kind of the reveals, that's when everything just. Do you feel like you hit fast forward through a movie that could have yeah. been like an hour and 40 minutes long? Like, do you think it would have suffered from an extra like 10 to 12 minutes? Extra? No. Yeah. Like, I think it would have been fine, right? Like, yeah. It's like, it's not to say the movie doesn't need that time, right? Like, it could have used more time uh, to explain <laughs> what was going on. But uh, at this point, like, you check the runtime, you check a clock, you're like, okay, well, now we're really speeding through things. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And then we also, a few more reveals, like you said, one of them was the most important is that we figure out that Liv, her parents were actually two of the quote unquote drifters that the um, police officer and the Willy Wonderland um, owner tricked into coming there. So she has like a personal, personal purpose for wanting to shut the whole place down. So good for you, Liv. That is a terrible situation. And yeah, so it makes sense. She's like, F this place, you know, like my parents were lured here and then they were killed by animatronics and you guys are keeping this place still up and running for whatever reason. I guess they just have no one that can kill the animatronics. And that's basically where we get with Nick Cage. He is on the rampage to kill all of them. Yeah, it's a tale as old as time, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, so so many relatable factors to this movie, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, like I like the revenge aspect of it. Um, I I thought Liv's character was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. It's not to anything of the actress's fault or anything like that. That it's just like really kind of sped up and forced into the reader or the reader, the viewer. Um, <laughs> But okay, so we're almost at the end here. So let's take our final break and then we'll get into the ending and then just our overall thoughts on this great film. We'll be right back. Okay, so then basically Nick Cage has killed almost all the animatronics um, and he still somehow had time to clean all of Willy's Wonderland. 
So here we are the next morning, the mechanic and the Willy's Wonderland owner come back. They're all excited because they're like, all right, sweet, got a new car, um, the drifter's car, because they assume he is dead in there. Um, So they're all excited. They look into the door of Willy's Wonderland and see that everything is spotless, clean, and the job is done. So they're like, what the hell? Like, where is this guy? Yeah. Or maybe it's just like, oh, wow. Well, he actually cleaned the place. Cool. Um, So after, uh, you know, they arrive, um, you get uh, a bit of action, obviously, with more kills along the way. Cammy Chameleon killing a bunch of people. Um, And when they arrive, um, you get to kind of like a discussion about like, okay, maybe like, let's reopen it. Like Tex and Jed are like, let's, let's reopen the place. Um, but then the one character who, again, was actually pretty scary, which is Siren Sarah, um, appears uh, out of nowhere and sets their car on fire with gasoline. Yeah, that was good. I saw her like lurking like a few minutes ahead of this and was like, oh no, she's not done. Yep. So they're done. There's an explosion and it, it like Willie's Wonderland is on fire, right? Like that's it basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, there was a, you know, a bit of a, a tussle, like we said, like we're trying to kill Nick Cage and everything like that. Um, and after the car gets set on fire the next morning, um, I guess there's just, I guess like a sense of, we did it from the, jan- the janitor and live. Like we survived the night um, and and beat all the the killer animatronics. Um, and they, you know, they're driving out of town um, again, just as stoic <laughs> as Nick Cage can be. Um, but the movie doesn't end there because Tito Turtle is just wandering in the street uh, and he dies. So can't no no animatronic left spared. <laughs> Exactly. And that's basically how it ends. I guess now Liv is going to be um, with the janitor, the drifter on whatever adventure he goes on next. That's what she wants to do. And um, good for her, I guess. Yeah. um, yeah, Apparently, whatever uh, they want to do with a sequel is coming because there's a sequel reportedly in the works. So, oh, there is? Yeah. Um, however, uh, that movie is going to pick up on this because, you know, how many <laughs> cases of uh, cannibalistic serial killer family using a satanic ritual to put their bodies into animatronics, which are then, you know, satiated by people of the town with just killing a drifter randomly to keep them happy. (laughs) Are you really going to find in the world at some point you have to think to yourself, that's the only time that can happen. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm also wondering like Nick Cage needs to be attached or else no one's going to watch it. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, (laughs) That's just the, that's just the way it is. Uh, Overall. I mean, like we said, um, there's, Sort in the way with Sightless is that just a lot of exposition that's thrown at you very quickly uh, in movies mm-hmm. like this that have short run times and movies that don't have huge budgets. Um, but when you go into this movie thinking just, okay, 
Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff, essentially. You know, I don't want to. I, I don't want to really call it a ripoff. Like it does have a lot of features, same to it. But like calling it a ripoff would kind of just be like a disservice because mm-hmm. I'm sure they drew inspiration from Five Nights at Freddy's, but they didn't go into the writing room being like, "Let's rip off that yeah. popular horror game." Uh, right. <laughs> so just like turn your brain off. Enjoy. Uh, you want gore. You want kills. You want wacky story you want stoic nick cage not saying an absolute word this is the movie for you i agree and also i think one of my favorite parts too there's a like something that we didn't mention was that he has like a timer on his watch that like every x amount of time while he's cleaning he takes a break because that's what the guy that owns the place told him to do so that's what he's doing and no matter what happens even if someone's about to get killed he has to take that break drink his punch and play a game my favorite part was like there's one where he's like playing and then he like starts dancing and and it's just an amazing scene yeah this could have been like a cut like just a a deleted scene from mandy really like <laughs> without like you know the the heavy metal rock kind of mm-hmm. death opera that Mandy was. Um it's just it's just goofy, right? It's like, okay, I understand this is what it, I've been told is supposed to happen in the movie because that's what's been explained to Nick Cage. But why is this happening? <laughs> like what is the significance? It's hilarious because you can't really get a sense of like his personality. Like we know that he's stoic, he doesn't speak, and he's very like rough, right? But then there's like a dance scene. So it's like, is he like what? It, who are you, that, you janitor? That that you know what that is? That's just it's meant to humanize the man. It's just like ah, <laughs> he doesn't say a word, but he likes dancing. I totally understand that. Just <laughs> just like me at parties, I don't understand and I don't speak to people, but I like dancing, so I go and I dance. <laughs> He's a misunderstood soul. Exactly. And he's just in a crappy situation. He's just who 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 is he to know that he was gonna have his his tires destroyed uh and had to, you know, work overnight at the uh, satanic ground where serial killers are possessing bodies of animatronics? He wouldn't know. He just wants to get his groove on. Yep, that's very true. Um, so I honestly, would you watch this again? I think I would watch it again. I have it, I think you probably do too, for 30 days rental. Might have to watch it again before it goes away. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> this is a movie, like, back in college, uh, for whatever reason, with uh, you know a couple of friends and I, when we were bored and just hanging out on like a Sunday in our uh, apartments or anything like that, Movies that we would always put on just to watch in the background were the wrong turn movies because they oh, were just really? gory, stupid movies, right? Yeah. Um, even one of my friends today still sends like Snapchats of like wrong turn three <laughs> classic <laughs> film. And I'm like, brother, I've grown up. I've understood a lot of things about movies. So stop it. Stop it right now. Um, but the. Willy's Wonderland is something I would if it once it's like free for streaming everywhere, I, I'd be like, "You ever seen Willy's Wonderland?" He'd be like, "No." Like, what is Willy's Wonderland? I'm like, <laughs> don't worry about it. We're about to watch it right now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. This is definitely just one of those like really great bad movies that you can throw on to either like have in the background or just like to show someone new and just say like, "Don't take this seriously. It's just going to be hilarious." 
Agreed. Uh, out of 10, what would you give it? Uh, this one is so hard because it's like, am I giving it like an actual like critical review or am I giving it like my enjoyment? Um, <laughs> or both? Do both. Yeah, do both. If I was giving it a critical review, honestly, like it wasn't that terrible because like there was like a, a plot that made sense kind of, even though there were a few plot holes, it like came together. So I would probably give it like a four, a, yeah, three or four yeah, I think in four. the critical hey. critical sense. A critical category, I think, I think four <laughs> is, I think four shows that a little bit of your enjoyment is bleeding over into your great for criticalness but or criticality uh, <laughs> um, but yeah I'd say a three if I was being like super critical I think a three yeah that's what I'm saying like three or four and then for enjoyment I would give it like a seven or eight oh sorry were you like looking for those who don't know when we record this we're on Google Hangouts so we're, you know, we're actually like having a conversation and we're not just like talking to each other over like the phone or something um yeah i did you think i made a face at you for giving you a seven no because then i was thinking like or an eight maybe oh i thought i, I thought you were like like started to get like uh second self-conscious yeah self-conscious and second guessing you're great no. no i was like seven or maybe like an eight out of like pure enjoyment yeah yeah i think a seven um at some point with your enjoyment, you you know, part of our enjoyment is also the fact that your movie has to be, you know, pretty clear cut with Good. your plot and your, you know, your character development and making sure there's no glaring po- uh, plot holes in it and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think a seven. And when you combine those two, a seven and a three, that's a ten out of me. So ten out of ten. <laughs> that is one way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um so yeah, Willy's Wonderland. Um, it's on video demand right now on Amazon Prime. But uh, yeah, is that yeah? That's yeah. where I got it. But I believe it's available like on YouTube or um, other services as well. But you do have to have to pay for it as of right now. Yeah, uh, Vudu is another one. Um, Apple TV Plus, uh, and you know, this movie does have a bit of a cult following behind it already uh, because. That's what movies like this get. They get a cult following. Um, it's got a 5.6 on IMDb, so we're a little critical. Uh, <laughs> and a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't awful. No, not at all. It has to be because like people are really taking it like as it is. Like This is the Nicolas Cage genre and basing it off of that, for sure. Yeah. Um, like, even... Here, the tomato meter, 65% uh, to, or tomato meter for some. Uh, <laughs> and it's got a 77% on audience score. So it's not Dang. the lowest rated movie of all time. Uh, but no. I think this critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes pretty much sums it up the best. Uh, for if you don't like Rotten Tomatoes, whatever. But I think this, uh, <laughs> this consensus sums it up. It says, Willie's Wonderland isn't quite as much fun as its premise would suggest. But it's still got Nicolas Cage beating the hell out of bloodthirsty animatronics, which is nice. There you I, go. Why do we do this podcast? We just that was the best description of the movie. We've been 
<laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So anyone listening, if you've seen this movie, let us know what you would rate it. Um, and if you enjoyed it, whatever your thoughts are, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also tweet at us. My at is at Natalie Zamora with two A's at the end. And then Max is at Odd Slice. And yeah, let us know what you thought of this movie. For sure. Uh, and then next week, we promise no movie reviews. We'll do something fun, uh, whether a game or some retrospective history type of thing. Something that requires us to do a little of research. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let us know. Uh, Willy's Wonderland, Gus Gorilla, Tito Turtle, <laughs> S- Siren Sarah. What a what a movie. What a flick. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.